You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Bryant Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome in to Extra Innings right here on the Sports Objective. What's up, Boba, Boba Rosenbaum? How are you, man? Boba. Yeah. Bubba Fett. I didn't know what what name I was going to be addressed as, but no, Dave, doing fine. I um, got back from Greenville a couple hours ago. Um, you know, excellent uh, Sunday. and you know, Didn't finish the game off exactly as well as we would have liked, but the main thing is we got the win, 11-7, the sweep of the Memphis Tigers in a 4-0 week and, uh, you know, putting ourselves uh, exactly where we want to be um, going into the final week of the regular season. Um, you know, obviously we want, we would rather be in first place, but given where we were, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, we've done everything we can up to this point to give ourselves a chance to win the regular season. No doubt Kyle from LaGrange, Barber. I know a great weekend and I know you're excited about the 4-0 week for the Pirates. Yeah, if we just got some help from Tulane, good God. Um, yeah, uh, good week for the Pirates, uh, big week coming up. Um, the uh, the Campbell game is big from an RPI standpoint. Then you got next weekend series is must sweep pretty much because you're, you're hoping Houston's going to drop one to Cincy. You figure they ain't going to drop two. So you're pretty much in a must sweep situation, and uh, hopefully we get some help from the uh, Bearcats. But uh, – we did everything we could do this week. We went four and out. That's the best we could do. We uh, so we put our best foot forward, and we'll see what happens this coming week. And uh, by the way, Bubba, um, we did the uh, the Charlotte to to back to Eastern North Carolina thing in one day on Thursday. And uh, more power to you, man. Jessica said, "Screw that." <laughs> yep, that's something. Obviously, obviously, uh, I guess between football and basketball, baseball, you know, occasionally something else, but it's mainly those three or an event um, built around those three, like a meet the pirates or something of that nature. So, and so we, that's a trip that we make what 15 to 20 times a year. Yeah. And it's very similar because it was, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the night thing. I don't, I don't know if you've done it after a Thursday night football game and then taught the next day, you probably have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done it, uh, whether it was uh, a Thursday night game, like you mentioned in football, or maybe on a rare occasion, if you have a really big midweek basketball game or baseball game that you uh, decide to go to and you get back at 2 or 3 a.m. or maybe even yeah. uh, you know stay with a friend and – Wilson or Raleigh and, uh, you know, get two or three hours of sleep and then get up about 4 a.m. to, to get to work by 7. So I, I've definitely done both. I, I think the most recent time I've done that was one of the regionals in the last few years where we were in a situation where uh, where we had to play on a Monday. And I think I, I stayed in Wilson, slept for two or three hours, got up about 4 a.m., 
four, four thirty, and, and he was able to get to work by seven. But I, I was struggling. Uh, you know, once three o'clock rolled around. Yeah. Oh man, was that the uh, regional for two years ago? Yeah, I believe that was the. I, 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 I say, I, I think it was actually twenty nineteen when we had to, uh, when we had the regional with Campbell, where we had to win, yeah. what four games in about thirty hours. Yeah, we did. It was it was unbelievable. One of those great memories, but uh, certainly we don't want to worry about. Uh, have, hopefully, we don't have to do that. So All right, we'll take it. Any any way we can win a regional, we'll, we'll if we do that again. Great. No, I know that, but uh, you would like to go ahead and take care of business where you wouldn't have to play that many games in a short period of time. If you have to do it, you have to do it like we did then. But uh, guys, very happy with. Uh, where we are now and a couple weeks ago everybody is gloom and doom but right now the pirates are 38 and 14 15 and 6 in the conference a seven game winning streak how about the 29 and 4 at home and one thing very proud of is we were struggling on those away games but nine and nine now so we got the 500 mark yeah and then bubba with this weekend hopefully we can be 12 and nine guys and yep yeah, we were five and nine on the road. Obviously, the sweep at Cincinnati, and then we took care of business uh, in the midweek up at Old Dominion. That game got bumped back to Wednesday due to ODU's travel issues and maybe some mild weather concerns. I think it was maybe largely due to the the travel for ODU getting back. Um, you know, I think they had to end up. I'm trying to recall where they had played last weekend, but. I want to say they had to go Texas travel State. back. It was Texas State, and they got stuck in Chicago. Yeah, had to got stuck in Chicago and didn't end up getting getting back to very late Monday evening or something like that. So, uh, but hey, it's a midweek game that was very reminiscent of the one the previous week against the Tar Heels. Uh, like Cliff Godwin said post game, that the the conditions uh, were certainly not favorable for much offense and uh, we didn't see much offense on the the pirates and monarchs were were scoreless to what about the first six innings and then we took a one nothing lead in the top of the seventh and that one nothing lead held up until one out in the bottom of the ninth when they just tied it to be annoying yeah when odu uh, tied it off uh, off of a solo shot by kenny lavari if i'm recall correctly, and then it remained 1-1 until the top of the 13th when we were able to put several quality at-bats together and scratch out three runs. Yeah, I, I, I felt like we were going to win that game next year. I felt like we were a much better team, and I kept I kept thinking, if we end up losing this thing because of some dumb luck, another solo shot home run or some shit like that, it's going to be a shame because we are a much better team. By the way, um, just to mention the ODU, their stadium looked okay from what I can tell, but the backdrop for their stadium is horrible. It's a bunch of ugly brick. But we all saw it. What an ugly setting for baseball. <laughs> that's cool. But uh, don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was. Yeah, that's something that uh, you know I'd certainly seen a game there before. But yeah, yeah it's not not exact not exactly a picturesque backdrop there. No, um, it's ugly. It, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, moving forward. I know they have plans for – pretty sure they have plans for a new ballpark. I'm not sure what the timeline is as far as uh, – and then if that's going to be a situation like Harrington and Clark LeClaire where it's going to be built there on the same site or if um, if it's going to be elsewhere. 
probably the same side. I think they're rather landlocked, Bubba. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have heard that. I've actually never been to that ODU campus, so, but but I have heard that, um, you know, from the guests that we've had on the show, as well as folks who have been there uh, to, to Norfolk and the Old Dominion campus. No, no question. And guys, uh, that Harbor Park uh, with the Norfolk Tides play, uh, as far as the overall bar, ballpark, it is nice, but you're right with the. That's that, not where they played. That's not where they played. Not OD doesn't play there, but I'm just talking about that's where we. Well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, that's Wednesday. where it was supposed to be on Tuesday, the Norfolk right. Tides Park. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, but, when, yeah but Wednesday, the, you, you, yeah, maybe, you did realize we played it at ODU, right, Dave? Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Okay. Yeah, we, we were talking about the backdrop of ODU Stadium, not not the backdrop at uh, Harvard. Okay, that's what, all right, that's what I was wondering. Okay, I understand. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of old brick buildings. It yeah. looks like the backside of campus or something like that. Yeah, it was not. I was wondering about that because that makes sense now because when I've been to a few games at Harbor Park and I was like, it was pretty nice. And I was like, I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> so you watched it and still didn't realize the one the ballpark you had went to? <laughs> Well, no, what happened, no, what happened, I had a, um, um, because of the three o'clock time, I had, I had to work. So oh, so you watched highlights? No, I watched it, but like, I won't like paying attention. I got to you. I got you. Yeah. Then like, and then we had a. Well, uh, you know, I, I got, I, I had missed the whole damn story. I didn't, I, I, I just to be honest, I, I thought it was supposed to be Wednesday. I was wondering why it was at three o'clock and I didn't realize the game had been moved. I hadn't heard the story. And then when I turned it on. Um, when I got home from work Wednesday, I said, that ain't no damn minor league ballpark. I said, that's, 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 um, yeah, yeah there it uh, is. I said, that's, um, campus and, yeah, and Bud, uh, Bud Matheny baseball complex. And yeah, you see the backdrop there. It's, yeah. it's, it's and, not in there. That's, that's actually not, not, uh, not bad or not, not that bad there, but I just, yeah, it looks better. Yeah, it in struck the me differently uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast. Yes, it, it, it looks better it looked in the much picture. worse than that. It, I agree with you. That's on a nice, bright. That's like a perfect shot. You know, on the ESPN Plus broadcast, it looked like they were playing in a damn warehouse district. Yeah, in yeah. Sandlot. That's what I was. Okay, you thank you, Kyle, because I was uh, I had trouble with uh, having to sneak trying to watch it, and then. I was in a meeting uh, for Alexander's bas- uh, baseball team, uh, basketball team rather, and so I had to. I didn't have the my undivided attention. So that, that makes me feel better because I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> Harbor Park looks so nice. Yeah. No, so, no, you know, no, no, it was like a used ballpark, and I. Uh, and then I, and then once I saw they were playing there, then I researched what they'll happen. Why are we playing there? You know, found about the story about the. They spent Sunday night. They didn't get home until sometime on Monday, where they had to sleep overnight in the baggage claim or midway. Yeah, yeah, yeah in Chicago. Um, yeah. Well, I don't guess they had to sleep in baggage claim, but you know the hell I mean. They had to sleep <laughs> in the damn airport, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It reminded me with the, what we went through with, um, like the scenario Wichita State. It's kind of like uh, the old movie, one of my favorites: uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, for, uh, especially, I guess for recently for ODU. So, um, but Hey, they, they're a great team and they played, they played their hearts out. And I, I was hoping to see, uh, not that it happened, but I was hoping to see us like just uh, tear it up. But, um, 
but they're, it's not like they're a bad team. But no, they, they play in a good conference. Their yeah. RPI, I think, is around 58 or so. Um, and they play in the Sun Belt, which is a hell of a baseball league. So they, uh, they're they used to playing good competition. So it ain't like we they were going to come in and we were going to intimidate them. Um, but I did think we were the much better baseball team, and we should have oh, of course. easily won that game just watching it. Instead, it was we were in the 13th inning before we finally put the damn thing away. According to some quick research, they have plans for $20 million renovation of the stadium, and they had, um, as of maybe even as long as a year ago, $18 million raised. So um, I'm not sure, um, but I would say the new ballpark, I don't know if they're breaking ground after this season or what, but uh, and it will be on, on site of the current Bud Matheny. All right. Baseball complex. So, so yeah, it it looks looks pretty nice. It's the same construction company that did the seventy five million dollar renovation of Ballard Stadium, the football stadium. Well, what is the what is the other directions of the ballpark look like? Maybe they just change the wall to the other direction <laughs> or something. Like that. Get a better backdrop. Yeah, I don't know. Craig was chiming in saying his daughter is going there in the fall. So obviously, Craig has has a child at JMU and um, is now going to have one at Old Dominion. And he said it's a surprisingly nice campus. The baseball stadium could use some upgrades. Uh, and it, pe- it appears that those are on the way. The backdrop is campus buildings. But what is cool is the dorms, campus buildings, stadiums are all relatively in the, the same area. Why is his daughter going to East Carolina? Yeah, Craig. What's up with that? Is he in Virginia, out-of-state tuition? Is that the deal? It's probably so, yeah. He's in northern Virginia, I believe, Craig is. Yeah, it's just DC area. Uh, so what's up, guys? And we got so many great uh, folks chiming in. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Shell. His uh, son, Randy, by the way, guys, Tuesday night is going to be in the state semifinals against uh, for lacrosse against Lake Norman. So good luck to Randy this week. And hopefully we have some good news to talk about on Tuesday. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, I misspoke last week, guys. I said that uh, after I said I knew I was wrong, um, but Randy has never played baseball, I don't think, in his life or recently. And I said he played baseball. Um, but I'm sure that if uh, Cliff Godwin, if he needed to play, uh, I'm sure he could play Division One. He's a great athlete. So, go Randy. <laughs> good luck to him. Yeah. We're going to get him that baseball scholarship offer based on his lacrosse playing skills. Well, hey, he's a great athlete. I'm sure if he, I mean, if he picked up a bat, he would learn. He could do it at some point. And but Dave, before we move on and talk about the weekend and uh, the the sweep of the Memphis Tigers, um, Garrett Saylor, uh, another excellent outing, uh, start three and two thirds, um, one hit, six strikeouts, no walks, and that's something I was looking at the statistics for the season here about an hour ago, um, and I tell you, and, and Garrett Saylor. You know, he's had he's had a very very productive senior season. I think he's had something like forty three strikeouts and just five walks. So uh, unbelievable strikeout to walk ratio, and it's, it's a shame that he had to be out for I guess at least two maybe three weeks with that oblique. But it's it's great to have him pitching the way he's pitching right now. Yeah, no doubt. I'm glad to see him come back and you know, after the the injury and. Uh play up to his ability sometime. You never know how guys are going to come back after an energy after an injury. And and we use six arms against the Monarchs and another one of those 
arms that uh, had a tremendous outing was Jake Hunter, uh, three innings, uh, did not allow a hit, and Pirate Pitchers uh, surrendered just three hits in the 13 innings. So that's what, you know, when that game was one-to-one going into extra innings after having lost that two-to-one game to the Tar Heels, I was like, please, uh, you know, we cannot uh, have the pitching performances that we had in those two games and drop both of them. And how about the camp? Both Campbell games were by one run, right? Off the top of my head, is that right? Yeah, that's uh, two much different games, but yeah, six to five and ten innings and a pretty sloppy game, and then two to one at Sega Stadium in a pretty well played game that was uh, the epitome of a pitcher's duel. Yeah. But kind of shifting gears and uh, taking a look at the weekend, um, you know, three pretty different games. I mean, especially games one and two, you, you take a look at it, the Pirates. Six-run first inning, scored six runs without an out being recorded. And you had Justin Wilcox and J-Dub hit, I think, what was according to the TrackMan data released by ECU Baseball on Twitter, 461 feet. It was it hit the top of the light pole in right field. Yeah, that wow. was a shot, I no doubter. But um, very similar to the one we had hit against us by Tommy O'Connor, the, the outfielder from the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, up at Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, J-Dub got all of that one. And in the game, you know, Josh Groves, you know, didn't really intend on him pitching on Friday, according to Coach Godwin. But uh, I think Zach Root uh, needed to pitch on Sunday as opposed to Friday. So Groves got bumped up a day and it gave us – I mean, he, he got all that run support early, and he gave us uh, a chance chance to win a four and a third, just two hits, one run. He did walk four compared to just three strikeouts, which, you know, he, he struggled with the walks early in the season, and that had improved and just didn't have as good a command on Friday night. But uh, overall, can't argue with one run on two hits even with those four free passes and four and a third. Danny Bill got the win in relief since Josh Groves did not go five complete. And Bill was excellent. Two and two thirds, no hits. And um, and Danny Bill, that was one of two victories he picked up on the weekend. We'll talk more about that later. Um, you know, Willie Lumpkin and then uh, Eric Ritchie, Tyler Brott, and Tony Ginn pitched in relief. And Carter Cunningham, Carter Cunningham led the Pirates uh, with three hits in that game. And uh, Carter had an unbelievable week. And I know uh, Johnny Robertson and I were able to talk to him a little on the field after the game today. And, uh, you know, he, he also shed some light on a much discussed topic on social media and, um, you know, in, in some of our circles. And that would be the, about the yellow bet. Yeah, um, that, that's something, um, you know, I, I know Craig Doucette had mentioned that a lot, as well as others, just talking about the, quote, yellow tip bats. Um, so Carter said that, that they had chosen to use them and, ha- and or that those that had chosen to use them have abandoned them. He said that they were dead because they had not been broken in yet. All right, so those of us that are – and then all of a sudden we're winning now, right, because of the not using the yellow tip bats. So, um, sorry, I 
I've stepped away there for a moment. Dave, what what did you say about the bats? I was just laughing. I said, um, I know it's been a hot topic for Yeah, like, yeah. Now, now um, you know, according to what Carter said, um, that topic can be dropped. But, um, yeah, w- with that game one, you know, you had the six nothing lead, you know, in a blink of an eye, and then it re- it was six to one after five. You know, the bats had kind of gone quiet for those next several innings, but then we tacked onto our lead, built a ten one advantage, and then um, Memphis scored some runs late. Um, Pirates had thirteen runs in the game. Joey Barini uh, also had a multi hit game in addition to Carter Cunningham's uh, three hits. Uh, a Mac. Um, very solid weekend for him, two weekends in a row now uh, after he tore up the Bearcats last weekend. Um, he, he had three runs batted in and had a home run uh, on Friday. Um, kind of transitioning into Saturday, a much different game despite the similar final score. Pirates 10-3 to victors, but it was a scoreless game through four, just one to nothing after six and a half, uh, you know, and the very talented uh, Memphis arm, and then six six left hander, and uh, he, you know he he really ha- held our bats in check through the first six innings. But we got to him in the seventh. You, you know you could sense him perhaps tiring a bit. And I think he he walked a batter or two in that inning. And I think he had three or four walks in the game. But um, but there in the seventh, we put up a four spot. And then against the bullpen, we really started to tee off. And we put up a five spot in the eighth. So nine runs there in the seventh and eighth innings. And uh, made what was a one nothing game uh, look like a blowout, which it was, was not for the majority of the game. Yeah, that pitcher was fantastic. But you're right about – I was wondering and if he – if. Uh, Maybe they didn't have anybody else, Bubba and Kyle, but I was wondering, are we, is the Memphis staff leaving him in too long? And then all of a sudden we got those two innings. I was like, yep, they left him in too long. And the, you know, I think Cliff unfairly gets criticized too much about taking pitchers out too soon or moving, uh, using so many pitchers. But I think that's a perfect example of a guy that, had great stuff, but they left them in an inning or, or two longer than they well, should. I, th- I think it's a situation where they don't trust their bullpen, where his his stuff was better than what they yeah, had. Yeah, even even when he's worn out. Of course, you don't want to kill a damn pitcher. Um, you know, he, he he's got a chance to play at the next level. You don't want to wear it. You know, you don't want to throw his arm away every 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 outing. I don't know how many innings he typically pitches, but I don't think even clearly they don't have much in their bullpen. So uh, yeah. They, on the season, uh, go ahead, Bob. Well, just since you brought up how many innings he pitched, uh, I'm not sure. You know, on a consistent basis, I know I know for the season, and that he had logged about I don't know somewhere 75, 77 innings, and in those 75 or so innings, he he had struck out a hundred and allowed just 57 hits. Uh, so so pretty impressive. Uh, opponents were hitting just around 200 against him. So, so he had, even though he didn't have a great record, um, had some in pretty, pretty uh, eye popping numbers. Yeah, and I don't know what's typical for a starting pitcher in the collegiate ranks. What the typical average is for how many innings they pitch during the season, Bubba? Do you? Uh, no, not. Greatly. I mean, yeah, I'm, 
where where he is, I'd say that's pretty typical because um give me a moment here. I got I got um, the ECU season stats and so and our, our starters really have not gone as deep into games this year as they have in the past. Um you know often oftentimes just going about five or six innings. They did have a stretch they left there. By design a lot. Yes. Uh, but our primary starters, Trey Savage, 60 innings, and obviously he missed some time. Josh Groves, 67 and a third. And then you have Carter Spivey, who just recently moved to the bullpen, but is still, you know, logging three and four innings out of the pen, 62 and a third for Carter. So, um, you know, once you factor this weekend, they're going to be right around, you know, 70, 72 innings. Okay, so nothing too ridiculous. Obviously, no. the kids throw more innings than any of our guys, but nothing yeah. too ridiculous. Yeah, I'd say yeah, seventy-five to eighty. I mean, that's that's probably top end for the most part, with a, and with an exception or, or two. And Bubba, how about Jr. out there uh, talking about the uh, home runs? Uh, that's some good stuff there. The Pirates nine home runs against Memphis this weekend was the most since last season at Tulane, uh, was 10 in a weekend. He said Carter Cunningham was responsible for two of those home runs in both series. So just uh, – Yeah, it would be nice to see yeah. the bats stay hot. A lot of that's been yeah. pitching. But it sure would be nice for the bats to be getting – because our bats have been hot or cold. Uh, they don't seem to be much in between. So yeah, they stay hot. Yeah, very streaky. Um, you uh, – you take a look at that. Um, yeah, I think on the on the weekend we had 31 runs on 35 hits, and like Johnny Robertson said, nine of those left the yard, and you had three guys with multi homer games um, on on Saturday. You had the five home run game for the team, um, and you had Josh Moylan had a couple of uh, very long home runs, and that one was like 420, and then the other was maybe 437. And then you also had Carter Cunningham, as he mentioned, with a, a multi-homer game. Then AMAC had three home runs on the weekend, including including two today. So uh, it's great to see that power. And yeah, is AMAC uh, going to you know become consistent like he has the ability to do with that power? Uh, you know, JJC still hadn't since his injury. He still just hadn't been himself. And at some point, you figure. The old JJC is going to show back up postseason. Be a nice time. Oh yeah. Well, well, that's that's the thing. You take a look at AMAC. Um, Coach Godwin referenced it in the post game. He just said he said AMAC's thing is just swinging at good pitches. If he's and I, I know that's. I mean, it sounds like you're oversimplifying it, but that's really. I mean, you know, if and some folks are probably thinking, well, you can say that about a lot of people, but you know, AMAC. You look at his numbers, and he's, he's hit 10 home runs, which is second on the team. He has 40 runs batted in, which is also is tied for second on the team with JJC, um, trailing only Josh Moreland, who has 48 and uh, 11 home runs, both, both of which lead the team. So uh, AMAC, he's hitting right around 250 now. It's just been that consistency and swinging and bad pitches at times that's led to some of that inconsistency. And um, and now, while we're on the topic of home runs, the Pirates have 64 as a team. And, you know, prior to the season, you heard a lot of folks, including head coach Cliff Godwin, saying you know, 
He didn't know that we'd have someone like a Bryson Wall who hit 20 last year. And honestly, guys, you take a look at it. Bryson hit 20, but eight of those 20 came in the postseason. So, um, so he was right around this same number. Like Moreland has 11. He obviously had 12 in the regular season. So, um, but Cliff said, you know, I think we'll have five, six guys that will hit eight to 10, eight to 12 home runs. And that's exactly what we have. You have Moreland with 11, AMAC 10, JJC 9, uh, Jacob Starling, uh, you know, who uh, we'll talk more about in just a moment. Uh, he has eight. And then Justin Wilcoxon has eight. So you have five with eight plus, And then you have Carter Cunningham, um, who hit two yesterday and now has six. So, uh, but back to Star, uh, Jacob Starling, obviously did not start, but he played off the bench at Old Dominion. You know, some back spasms. Coach Godwin said some of that was still lingering, but he was trying to tough it out on Friday and Saturday, left the game yesterday, and he said the back was worse today than it was yesterday. So it's just a day-to-day thing. Hopefully uh, with the treatment he'll be getting from, you know, the folks um, with Young's physical therapy, et cetera, that um, they'll be able to, um, you know, get Jacob back to where he needs to be, and hopefully he'll be able to give it a go on Tuesday against the Campbell Camels. Uh, no doubt, that's uh, we need all hands on deck for that game. And I think uh, I think I accidentally hit my camera live for a second there with my big fat leg. So if anybody saw my big fat leg, I apologize. No, it looked like a ceiling. I don't think that was your leg. I, I hope it was well. I because of what a camera was was aiming. It looked <laughs> like it was up in the air. Well, my, my my leg's pretty damn white, Dave. So you could have got that. <laughs> and Dave, uh, while while we're on the topic of AMAC um, and Johnny Gardner, as well as Johnny Robertson, uh, well, Johnny chimed in with a comment about Carter, but uh, AMAC and Josh Mullen are the best defensive players on the corners in the conference. In Johnny Gardner's opinion, yeah, definitely can't disagree with that. And um, it was Shell, ra- Shell rather, not J- Jr. that said that uh, Amax a baller. Uh, yeah, definitely has put up some very good numbers on just that lack of consistency um, in his pitch selection uh, that has not produced the the number of quality at bats and batting average that he would like. But um, then also Carter Cunningham. He was nine of twelve this week, guys. Not wow. nine of nine of twelve. Two home runs, four runs batted in. He also had a couple free passes, and so on the week, or actually maybe going back to that Cincinnati series, perhaps twelve of his last fifteen plate appearances, he has reached base uh, when you factor in those walks. So, uh, so Carter Cunningham, and not surprisingly, when you see that stat, he leads the team in on base percentage. Uh, at four forty four. About uh, about what Craig said. Did you see that? For good old Kyle, he said you were complaining about the backdrop at ODU. We get to see your leg. <laughs> well, you know what, Craig? <laughs> I don't know which is worse: some crappy old brick buildings that looks like uh, an old warehouse somewhere in the in the Rust Belt, or my fat leg. I don't know which one would be worse. It's it's pretty tight race. We can put a poll up on Twitter if you like. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll have a Twitter poll. Which is, hey, Bubba, can you do that? Which is worse, 
the backdrop for ODU for Kyle's leg. No, it, it was definitely well, uh, according 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 to you, Dave. My leg looks like a ceiling. So I mean, I, it looked so, like it, no, it didn't look like your leg. So okay, well, <laughs> either way, at this point, uh, <laughs> is what it is. Yes. In this case, and the, the ceiling's the roof. What? <laughs> nothing. I, nothing. I just. I just wanted to say the ceiling is the roof, like like uh, like Michael Jordan. Right, I got you. Don't you remember that infamous speech? Uh, and, nah. and then I. And then I think. I think it was funny. I. I want to say it was Jacob Starling in an interview, <laughs> in the last few weeks, reversed it and said the roof's the ceiling. Oh well. well. I. By the way, uh, I heard good things about the new Jordan movie Air. I want to see that. Yeah, I uh, I saw a highlight on it though on TikTok. Somebody had isolated the scene, and um, you know, his mom negotiated his deal with Nike there for the Jordans, and uh, you know, according to that movie, she uh, she told Nike that uh, he that that um, he the NBA be- wouldn't be promoting Jordan. Jordan would be promoting the NBA. So uh, you know. I hate when movies remind us of crap like that. You know his mama didn't negotiate that damn deal with Nike and say that crap. Come give me a break. How about the fact that he, well, you know, he, um, back then when I was really young, Adidas was way bigger than Nike. Nike was like, I mean, they had like, not, if it wasn't for Jordan, I, I will give uh, Jordan credit. Well, I remember, you know, Dave, I remember, you know, Adidas. And I remember when Reebok was more popular than Nike. So converse, yeah. I mean, it's you know, but yeah. So obviously, Jordan had an impact, and 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 Nike was getting popular. I mean, they they you know the Back to the Future stuff was a good gimmick too. If you remember, uh, Marty McFly wore Nikes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but we're talking, but 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 you're looking at 1984, and back then, Back to the Future was 85. So no, no, no. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about the the deal with Jordans, uh, with the uh, Air Jordans, right. Uh, you went from thirty dollars. The shoes were thirty bucks back then for the Nikes. It went from thirty to sixty-three. Air Jordans were sixty-three dollars. That's a lot of money back then for a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little more than double for Air Jordans, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it really Nike. I think I really believe that was a turning point for Nike. I really do. Oh, of course it was. And I'm just not a Jordan fan. I'll watch the movie, but I'm I am not a Jordan fan. I can't. Stand I told it. you on my Jordan story. So um, yeah, you're not a fan either. No, no, not the way. Anyway, uh, I don't want to waste my time on Michael Jordan. Um, we, we got more important things to talk about, and that's pirate baseball. I know that uh, we were talking off air with, uh, I know, Johnny Robertson, a lot of our friends. Uh, looks like, guys, what is it? Is it 20 or 18 for the RPI? Help me out. 20? Last I saw it was 20. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm assuming that's Warren Nolan. Is the official NCAA – RPI started coming out yet, or do they not come out until the week of the tournament? I know everybody always goes by Warren Nolan. Yeah, if you go to NCAA.com, I, I'm not sure if it's been up updated um, to include this weekend's results, but uh, yeah, I'll see if I can. I'll get a screenshot of that before the end I, of the show um, because I, I have Warren Nolan's, and uh, we we can compare they're, they're them to. Pretty two. accurate. He's normally pretty. He's normally no more than a spot or two off. Yeah, obviously he meant the type of one there. Uh, Johnny Robertson says 19 currently. Okay. Well, that's good. If that Campbell win, 
we'd really have a chance probably to move up significantly if we could beat Campbell. That's what I'm saying. The uh, Not only for the fact that we've lost two one-run games to them, so we've lost a series, but this would really, really help us. And then uh, not only that, but to finish strong with the series of USF. Yeah, Bubba, Dave, uh, what do you guys think we have to do to host at this point? Do you do you think we can win out and Houston win out and us not win the regular season conference title and still host? Or do you think we'd get penalized for that? Well, I guess it depends. You have to win the tournament. Do you think we would need to win the conference tournament if that was the case? Yes. I I feel very confident with uh, the way we're playing right now that if we even if we finish second in the regular season – um, I think Bubba and I were talking before. Uh, certainly, the last thing you want to do is uh, finish second in the conference regular season and then have a terrible tournament. So you want to win the. You, I, I think you've got to win the tournament. I really do. If we don't win the regular season conference title, right, right. I mean, I feel like that. I feel like there's a good shot. Do you that, do you think we have to do Bubba and Bubba's chiming also? Do you think we have to do both? Either way, um, does. Do you think we need to do both? I think, uh, obviously, like you said early in the show, I believe this is once we went live and not backstage. But uh, you were you were saying, obviously, odds are uh, we're going to have to sweep South Florida because the odds of Cincinnati taking the series at right. Houston um, is very unlikely. So um, hopefully, the Bearcats can get one. We can sweep. We win the regular season. And then if you factor in a, a top 25 RPI win, I think uh, Campbell, last time I saw with today's 42 loss to Gardner-Webb, they took two out of three in that series down in Bowie's Creek from the running Bulldogs. But um, with today's loss, they fell to 23 in the RPI. So uh, obviously that would do a lot for us there. Um, I, think, I think it's possible that, uh, you know, if we went out in the regular season, that would put us at 11 straight wins. Um, and then if Houston takes care of their business and we don't win the regular season, then if you win the tournament, you're going to have 15 straight wins. I mean, obviously, uh, if we sweep through the tournament, uh, we could go three and one and then win the championship. You know, in, in that case, you're going to either have 15 straight wins or 15 out of 16. So if yeah. you've done if you've done that and you're 44 and 16 or 44 and 17, yeah, you should host. Then then yeah. then I think we host. I mean, but, I, I, where where is Houston at in terms of are they going to make the tournament if they win the conference championship regular season or they they, they will not. They they're they have an RPI of 92. Uh, they're they. Um, We'll go ahead and put up the standings Their here. It's not that bad, though, is it? It's like no, it's they're they're thirty-one and twenty. They got off to a five and eleven start and have since gone twenty-six and nine. But their non-conference schedule has absolutely killed them. Um, they they played a three-game series with Cal, a three-game series with Oklahoma, and a three-game series with Minnesota. But the bad news for them, OU's been. Um, kind of mediocre they're 28 and 22 have a rpi of about 38 i think but cal and minnesota uh, they have not been good and uh, they have been in recent years so i'm sure when they schedule those series they thought that was going to be 
uh, more of an RPI booster, more so than a RPI strain. Right. And, uh, and and you take a look at it. What are the math that would go ahead? Their non-conference strength of schedule was two thirteen. <laughs> what a freaking mess it would be for the conference and for East Carolina if we went out, but Houston still wins the regular season title, and then somebody Wichita maybe wins the conference tournament. And so you got Houston as the regular season champion, not going to the tournament. Wichita going to the tournament by winning the by winning the tournament, but with a losing record or or not a very good record, and 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 then us would neither championship. I mean that would, you know, we definitely wouldn't be hosting at that point. But it would it it would it would I would imagine that the conference does not want that to happen. No, I you know I I feel like uh, for us right now the way we're playing we're playing very well. Um, it'll come down to when we're talking about the tournament. Um, any the tournament is so crazy as you guys know it's like the new se- uh, new season and anything can happen as we found out over the years in Clearwater so I think uh, Tuesday night's going to be big for us we're going to play well uh, that can go either way that's a 50-50 game but you know you look at the yeah I mean Tuesday's important but not as important as this weekend or the tournament but two- it is an important game it's not a throwaway game no no, no doubt and the USF series, we've got to, there's no question. Um, we have to look at the way we've been playing right now. We have to look at it as like a regional, like a tournament, you know, postseason kind of play right now because we're trying really hard to host. I mean, you know, and they, they know what's on the line. Uh, they yeah. know going out to South Florida conference championship and trying to host is on the line. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is what you want. You'd like to have the uh, conference championship. You know, you like to be the lead, not chasing. Well, this is what you want, meaningful baseball at the end of May. Um, you know, at least, you know, worst-case scenario, we'll know we'll be a road two seed. And that's yeah. really the worst case at this point. Unless something happens, we just absolutely fall apart, and still we'd probably be a two instead of a three. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 when that's your worst-case scenario, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, you look at the Bulls, uh, since you're talking about this weekend, uh, you, you you have South Florida, nineteen and thirty-three, seven and fourteen, tied for last in the league with Tulane, and um, they've they did. I mean, they're they're certainly capable because they won a Friday night game on the road at Wichita State, but then uh, lost the next two, and uh, both of those were in pretty decisive fashion. I uh, again, against the Shockers, nine to two, and then they got run ruled twelve to one in seven innings today. So, but um, obviously, it's going to be their senior weekend, and um, you know they're going to want to go out to their final final games there in Tampa with with a good showing. So um, we just have to do what we've been doing the last two weekends against teams that are not as good as us. We just have to you know get off to a strong start and be be uh, solid in all three phases and take care of our uh, business. And, and I think we'll be just fine. But uh, the Bulls have lost eight out of their last 10, um, got swept um, by Memphis last weekend. Yeah, I was listening to uh, some of the radio coverage today. Instead of uh, watching it on TV, we were out and about, and uh, Scott Rogers and um, Coach O were discussing South Florida. And they just – even Coach O uh, – they, it, it, it was, it was, it, they made it sound like they are playing awful baseball. Um, like they're, they're not good in any aspects. And, uh, 
you know, which really kind of surprised me to, to hear them talk that that candidly about it. Um, but so I was like, "God, shut up, guys! We got to play them next weekend." <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. To... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently, they they um they're not very good. It it's, it's and impl- Scott implied, and Coach O didn't didn't disagree that they're not very talented, and you know. There, I mentioned how UCF was talented, but not winning ball games. But you know, they said that you know Scott Rogers said it didn't, didn't make any sense to him how they were so untalented, being right there in the Tampa area. Um, he just put it out there, and Coach O didn't disagree. Um, so uh, that's that's interesting to me. I can't type in. A, it's actually Johnny's question: Is Stetson is who the Bulls will play in midweek? So for some reason I'm having trouble. Stephen, traditionally a good baseball program. Yeah, they're they're thirty and twenty one this year. Um, are the Hatters and, and so I think not, that, not game, that, that game that that game will be in Tampa. Okay, well, <clears throat> they, I, I I would I would still take Stetson and and who knows uh, once I don't even know what conference Stetson plays in, but uh, they they I bet you they win their conference tournament and they're in the NCAA tournament like normal. And uh, by the way, one of the great things is that we, by playing on the road at USF in Tampa, there's a quick drive from Tampa to Clearwater. So there shouldn't be any problems with uh, any kind of uh, bad kind of travel things or anything like that. Are we going straight from Tampa to Clearwater? I would hope so. I mean, you're looking at Sunday and you have to be there for the tournament on Tuesday. I don't, I don't why in the world would you come home? Oh yeah, that's that's the way we've always done it in the past. I mean, you think back two two years ago when we were playing the full game series, um, we actually that was when South Florida was starting to play uh, some better baseball and yeah, and split, that. split split that series with us and actually uh, came out of the Gainesville Regional that year and went to a Super Regional out in Austin against the Longhorns, but uh Yeah, I forgot about that uh, Bubba. But uh so yeah, we'll We'll head over uh, from make that short trip from from Tampa to Clearwater, and uh, so we'll we'll ha- we'll have Dave uh, on site there. Um, we'll we'll um, you know take a take a look at the tournament uh, there before, Dave, things, uh, get, before uh, things get cranked up. When are you heading down, Dave? I'm headed down on Thursday um, because uh, my kids won't be with me, so I'm gonna head on. It'll, I'll be there. Now, what if we go to and barbecue and, and we're already out? Well, that would be the second game. I'll be there for okay. the – well, I guess they can play, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, but I, I feel like they'll win on Tuesday. Um, any other plans while you're in the Clearwater area? Well, uh, obviously some beach time and then maybe hang out with some folks that we know, you know, and some of our uh, – right, you got to go to Hogan's Beach Shop and you got to go to Hogan's Hangout. Yeah, that's – the Hogan's Hangout is where I'm definitely going, and hopefully I can see the Hulkster. But um, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, maybe Jimmy Hart, Mouth of the South. Uh, our good friend Corey Glore, I'm going to try to um, hang out with him some um, and uh, some other folks. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I've always wanted to do it. So, uh, no, that sounds fun. I, I would enjoy that. I, I, I would go to nothing but the East Carolina games, and I'd be out doing other stuff. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at. There's some other stuff to do there in Clearwater, and um, the beaches are. We get seafood there. There's there's uh there's that popular seafood chain that's in Clearwater. That there's one at the baseball park. I can't think of the name of it. Oh Corey, yeah, Corey can tell you. I'm sure. It's in right field, right, um, Bubba. Yeah, 
idiots. I can't think of the name of Save My Life right now, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's she, uh, oh my God, it's on the top. I can think of it. I, I'll think of it after the show, of course, but um, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll have some of our pirate, fan, fr- pirate friends down there also that I can hang out with, and uh, some that will make the trip. We'll see, but I think it's going to be interesting. In fact, there's some media folks I've talked to that were initially not going because they thought maybe the pirates would it'd be easy, like a easy, um, as far as the conference, we'd win all the games and dominate. Well, what it is, Dave, they heard the sports objective was going to be there and they kept me shut up by podcast. So, uh, <laughs> not traditional media. Yeah. So now all the, uh, now all your radio and, um, television personalities have to go down there. Thank you, uh, A. Win in Florida. It's Frenchies in left field. I'm sorry, I thought it was right. Okay, yeah, there, there's a few Frenchies. of them down there, but uh, yeah. So enjoy yeah. some seafood and uh, go to Hogan's, hang out in Hogan's Beach Shop, and that's like I'd be so excited. And I'm not even a big Hogan fan, but just just like to go to Hogan's, hang out and uh, in the beach shop, man. I'd be I'd be fired up for that. Norm asked me, "Am, am I scared? What am I scared of? Uh, Hulk Hogan?" The, the what is it twenty six norm oh, he asked if you were scared I don't know what I'm scared of I'm scared no, now was, norm is norm someone who normally participates in the show yes he's one of our friends that you know very well okay that's a stage name so we say norm like oh scared. okay got you um I, I wonder what he what you would be scared of I don't maybe norm can tell us what what I'm scared of whatever you scared Maybe, maybe just being in Clearwater in general. Maybe, um, maybe, um, maybe he thinks you can't swim. I don't know. <laughs> I do not swim. That's uh, not one of my. I I don't think I'm as good as I used to be. Obviously, but at that, as good as you once was. <laughs> that's right. Uh, how about uh, Danny Bill? So Danny Bill's the PGX Gloves Pitcher of the Week. Yeah. And- Dylan, Danny, Bill, you know, a couple wins in relief, as we mentioned earlier, against the Tigers. Five shutout innings uh, during which he allowed just one hit. Uh, so congratulations to Danny Bill on being our PGXGloves.com Pitcher of the Week. And then also when we talked about the tremendous week for Carter Cunningham uh, and just having an excellent season. And uh, Carter... Uh, is our PGXGloves.com Player of the Week, 9 for 12, with a couple of home runs, both of those coming in Saturday's win over Memphis and four runs batted in. So uh, congrats to Carter Cunningham and Danny Bill. You know, I, wonder, and, uh, I wonder if they ever, if the players get word, if anybody else them know that they're... I, I know Carter does because we actually, uh, Johnny Robertson, you know, he passed the news along uh, and sent the graphic or a screenshot to uh, Carter's mother because you know Johnny had gotten to know her out out in the jungle this season. So oh, has um, he, now? he has, and uh, <laughs> so uh, and Johnny and Johnny Gardner said in Carter's weekend. Obviously, Carter's from Haymarket, Virginia, and uh, Richard Osbrook and I were joking about that uh, or laughing about it at the game. Just how uh, how many more. Um, baseball players, we got a pipeline in Haymarket, Virginia, with the Agnos family, and now uh, Carter Cunningham, who, um, you know, Nico Agnos and that family, you know, almost considered as a uh, an adopted son of sorts. Um, I think they were neighbors there in Haymarket. But where uh, is Haymarket? Are, it's Northern Virginia, right? 
Yeah. And uh, Jr. could tell us. Jr. Where? Uh, Jr. is from that area. I got a I got a close friend that's from that area. I'll ask. I'll ask them exactly where a market is. But Johnny just said the excellent weekend that Carter had reminded him of uh, the terrific performances that we saw out of Zach and Jake. Hey, by the way, a win in Florida says Frenchies has original original place on Clearwater Beach, just down from hotel uh, players stay at. Get the grouper sandwich, garlic crab fries, or wife's fave. Oh, garlic crab fries. Oh, that sounds God. really good. Yeah, the grouper sandwich is what they're known for, I think, um, which I, I'm down for that too. But garlic crab fries, hook me up. Good God. And uh, Coming to Clearwater with you, I'm just, just for the garlic crab fries. Come on. <laughs> come on. Hey, we got to stop at Bucky's, right? Yeah, we'll stop at Buford's. <laughs> I've never stopped at Bucky's. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've never been to a Bucky's. That is uh, something I want to do. Now there's one in Florence, South Carolina. Me and Jessica yeah. talked about just dropping down to Florence to go to Bucky's, but we haven't done it yet. Yeah, my daughter Mackenzie begged on both when we were going to the bowl um, there from Birmingham on the way down and the way back up. Does, do do you let Mackenzie get on TikTok? She's on TikTok. Yeah, yeah that's why. Their Bucky's is like. They're marketing on TikTok. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they have so I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's like real marketing or if it's genuine the people just love Bucky's that much. But if they're not paying people to do that, they are being marketed on TikTok to death. Um, so I figure that's where she's familiar with Bucky's from. Uh, by the way, JR says uh, as far as Haymarket, Virginia, it's the easternmost ex- most extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains about 30 oh, wow. miles from D.C. Okay. So, so it's, where, it's where the Blue Ridge kind of almost runs into Maryland. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, I, I love the DMV. So um, it's, it's one of my favorite areas. It's one of those things where it's like that when you get it in Northern Virginia, it gets so narrow. It's, 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 you don't think about how close D.C. is to West Virginia. It's like an hour from D.C. to West Virginia. That's crazy, isn't it? Yep. Well, that used to be Virginia. You know that, right? Until the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> and do, are you aware of the state of Franklin? I am not. Help me out. Well, I, I have to look it up. It's part okay. of North Carolina and Tennessee. And it was the state of Franklin. And uh, I'm sure there's some historian out there watching this right now that it's probably like, I, I just screwed something up with that. But uh, I don't know. I We've got any history buffs that, that are more knowledgeable than me. Where, where, where's, uh, where's Bunk? We need to get him back. Yeah, we we um. Now that would be perfect topic for Bunk. He he should be able to school us all on that. Yeah, he actually is. Uh, he has. Uh, he's a caregiver for family, so he hasn't been participating as much. But we'll have him back on very soon because I'm just going to ask him history questions about the Carolinas and Georgia. <laughs> yeah, well, now he's in Wilmington, so yeah, so that's that's what I mean. Well, he's you know he's a Georgia boy, played at East Carolina, and it was. A history professor, so I figure he should know his Georgia and Carolina's history. Kind of shifting gears, um, guys. Um, one of the, we talked about it being senior weekend. Um, very few seniors, but those three were so impactful on um, Carter Spivey, and then obviously Lane Hoover and Garrett Saylor. I mean, you know, a lot of folks I'm sure have seen uh, what ECU baseball uh, tweeted. Um, yesterday, I mean, and the seniors were recognized on Saturday because that's going to be the most well-attended game, especially, you know, with it being Mother's Day weekend. So, um, 
and Coach Godwin, they had about 45 seconds of when he was addressing the team in the locker room, and he was very emotional. He said, I don't know how I'm going to get through this without you know, tearing up. And uh, he, he just so appreciative of all the blood, sweat, and tears and everything that Garrett Carter and Lane have poured into East Carolina baseball. You know, and, he, and, and yeah, uh, through – through their uh, five-year careers, you know, obviously with that COVID year being thrown in there and all three overcoming adversity um, in different ways. Lane, obviously, some serious injuries. You think about what occurred down in Statesboro with the collision with Connor Norby. Oh, yeah. And uh, just, a, just a very gruesome injury there and him bouncing back from that. Um, Carter Spivey not, uh, not pitching well. And, you know, being on the, the brink and, the, and just in his own words, um, you know, on the brink of transferring, but uh, very appreciative of Coach Godwin uh, for sticking with him and Carter, uh, you know, hat tip to him for uh, sticking with it uh, when it would have perhaps been easier to uh, to go somewhere else. You know, he stuck with it, you know, very appreciative of uh, Coach Godwin sticking with him and, um, you know, made the necessary improvements uh, with with Austin Knight, et cetera. And uh, you know, he became the American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Year a year ago and has had a very solid senior season as well, uh, especially, um, you know, he's he was very good. Uh, starting and has been even better out of the bullpen, just like he was in 2022. So, uh, and then Garrett Saylor, uh, Garrett has obviously started a decent amount. Uh, he, he started better this year uh, than he had in the past, and he's been uh, lights out many times over the last several seasons in the bullpen. So, and I talked to earlier about the numbers he's putting up this year. 43 strikeouts, I think it is, as opposed to just five walks. Uh, and he and uh, Carter have have been really good uh, in both a starting and a relief role. Uh, now, you know, just moving forward, uh, you know, it would be nice. Some of those guys that have pitched well um, in a relief role, um, we'll need them to, to pitch the way they've, they've pitched uh, throughout the season. You know, if we're going to do what we're capable of doing, but um, you know, I just wanted to to recognize those three, and then specifically uh, had the opportunity to uh, over the last couple of years get to know Denny Hoover. Uh, met it actually, I, I guess about the last year, uh, met him at the regional and had a chance to interact him, with him there and during the super regional against Texas. Uh, you know, excellent family, uh, you know, very uh, appreciative of Lane's pirate experience and definitely said they'll be pirates for life and just blown away with uh, the the passion, support, uh, and just down-home atmosphere um, that you have with the jungle and East Carolina baseball. Yep. So uh, wanted to uh, recognize that. And, he's, and Norm Fear says yep. – and then he said, talk about the Hoovers who are now EC royalty and um, Denny. And then also Lane's mom, Julia, they had the opportunity to jungle jump this weekend, Julia today. And then uh, Denny prior to Saturday's game. And we actually have some video footage. Uh, Denny, don't kill us for showing this. So Jer this is courtesy of the at ECU jungle account oh, and Jared, Jared Plummer. Uh, here's Denny Hoover. 
uh, Lane's dad, jungle jumping prior to the start of Saturday's game. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, baby. Wow. Great job, Denny. That's awesome stuff. Yeah, I had the chance to talk to him today uh, at the game, and you know, he, he reiterated some of those thoughts that I had shared prior to showing that video, and uh, he, he was just talking about how cool that was, and, and you know, he was kind of, he was laughing about it, and uh, and he just said that, hey, you know, here's to uh, you know at least one more game uh, for for Lane, and we're we're planning on several more games uh, for for Hoove and Garrett and Carter over the next few weeks at at Clark Leclerc Stadium. I got, I got a new tradition for the jungle starting next year. I, I'm a, I'm going to challenge the jungle guys to adopt this. I want you guys to have cartons of jungle juice. Y'all, y'all know jungle juice, the little. Yes. Yeah, I want y'all to have cartons of jungle juice, and I want y'all to give it to the opposing team if they lose. That's their parting gift. They get they get cartons of the outfield gets jungle juice. Well, I know they they'll want to lose <laughs> to get the jungle juice. Uh, by you the feel way, you, you get something. You lose to the pirates, you get jungle juice. I I like my idea. Hey, there you go. I'm, it's, you know, plenty of uh, opposing outfielders have received food in the past, and I'm sure at times uh, perhaps a, a non non alcoholic beverage as well, uh, because Tommy O'Connor, the Cincinnati left fielder, you know, thoroughly enjoyed his jungle experience. He got a hot dog, and uh, and Josh Thomas uh, at ECU Pirate Nation on Twitter was nice enough to share that video with us and uh, allow it allow us to use it on our YouTube channel. It's, it's got about 4,000 views. Hey, by the way, another thing that being that I'm a broadcasting nerd, Norm talks about, he said, talk about PJ and Mully's broadcast. They are magical together. We had Mully on recently and uh, he's fantastic. Obviously we think a lot of Mully and uh, I'm very close to PJ. So uh, happy to have them do the TV uh, deal. It's been great for you. ECU plus. Yeah, and, and our old buddy Jason Halter does a good job also. Um, yeah. for, for for football tight end, Jason Halter is um is a uh, he's a pretty knowledgeable baseball uh, color and well, good old good old Jason Halter. Yeah, well, I have to I have to clip that up and send and send that to Jay. Sonny actually played in high school at Wakefield. He played four sports. Well, yeah, I know, I know that, but they still, you know, uh, for a tight end, you know, and uh, and a dude named Jason Halter. He, uh, he he does a pretty good job with baseball. Yeah, I like I like our TV. In fact, guys, uh, we brag about it all the time, but Greg Pierce and the, the staff do such a wonderful job of our baseball games. It, you know, you sometimes I forget that it's a local broadcast, and there's a lot of people around the country. You know, um, you know, homie, that uh, don't mean to cut you off that. You know, homie that used to call our basketball games with the bow tie. Oh, Nate yeah, Ross, yeah. Yeah, I heard him call Coastal Carolina football game this past year. That was odd. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, he does a lot of the coastal sports. He yeah, it was there. just weird hearing him do football. It was just, it, w- it was just, just really strange. 
and I miss having him. And uh, I know we have a great with uh, with obviously how much we love Cy and um, Patrick, but I miss having him in Williams Arena. He's a, he's a really good dude. Yeah, but I'd rather have Sal. I love Sal. There's something very comforting. Sure. There's something very comforting about hearing Sal seeing more call pirate basketball, particularly now with the voice gone. Yeah. Um, you get to hear that that old familiar, you know, voice with Sal. And uh, I uh, glad if he's no longer going to be on the basketball network we have in ESPN Plus. Yeah, he, well, you know, Sal is getting older, and obviously, and he uh, told me that he. The road travel is is horrendous, as we've talked about. It's t- really tough. Well, you know, you've always heard him talk about how hard it is to win on the road. Yep. So. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, we'll have to have him on soon. Uh, Pirate basketball is very exciting, and maybe we can uh, get several thousand season tickets. Will be amazing. Uh, Bubba, when does, I, hey Bubba, when does or Dave, if you may know, I just figured Bubba might know this. Either one of you. Uh, when does basketball schedule normally come out? Is it's around this time of year or is it in the summer? No, it's more like is it September? No, it's, it's before that. It's before it, that. It, it's normally, uh, if I recall correct, it's normally uh, late summer. Okay, I was thinking it was earlier than that. So I'm really not thinking. It was well, it, well, it seems. I'll, I'll look and I'll see when it was released last year, but uh, I think a lot of times it's held up by the conference. So, like we'll we'll know yeah. who we're pl- we'll know who we're playing, but as far as the actual schedule being released, I, I'm just uh, wondering what our non-conference is going to be this year. Well, we we know we have Wilmington at home. Uh, you have South Carolina at home, and then oh, we got South Carolina coming to Greenville. Yes, yeah. Oh wow, I did not realize that. I thought that was a one-shot deal down there. No, what it is, they needed another team. So uh, Schwartz made a, a great deal where um, basically it's a uh, home, home, and neutral. That we had the neutral site. How did how did I miss that we have South Carolina coming here in basketball? We do, we do, and then we'll go to um, there in South Carolina. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction: Wilmington at home, South Carolina at home, um, and the last time that no, we'll be done with Cincinnati and all. The conference schedule won't be quite as appealing. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, with what with what we did last year in South Carolina, when we did home, I'm gonna say we sell the most season tickets we've sold since the year we since the year after we won the CIT. Yeah, I'd like to see what. What do you think, Bubba? Three thousand, like something like that. That's my what I'm thinking. That would, that would be great. Um, you know, I know. I know last year we sold about half that. Uh, so uh, yeah, if we sell if we sell three thousand, that would be tremendous. But hey, um, we have um, and we have your uh, the cow barber seats there um, right behind the benches. The, so, you, so you, you something. You go ahead, Bob. No, go go ahead and finish finish your thought. I'll come back to it. Okay. Well, I was going to say if you if you if you look at the you know having well we know Wilmington, South Carolina at home. You know, you have Charlotte at home for one. You know, if you get UAB in there, if you get Florida Atlantic coming off the Final Four at home, if you get uh, if if you get mm-hmm. Memphis at home, I mean, that conference schedule really. I mean, the the, the home schedule, it, it may not. You know, particularly with the non conference games, it could be just as attractive as recent home yep. schedules, even without Cincinnati and Houston, et cetera. All I was going to chime in with is that, as far as the schedule release. The 2022 schedule, it was exactly what I thought. Uh, the the non-conference schedule was released in mid-August. 
and the the full schedule was released on something like September twenty first or twenty second. So, <laughs> so Dave was right about the full schedule being released in the fall. Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, it's it's literally what our first game. It's about six weeks before our first game. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's, it's too long. I agree with that. Well, I, I, you know, I'm really, you know, not that I'm going to skip past the rest of baseball and, of course, football season, but I'm more excited for pirate basketball going into this year than I think I ever have been. Yeah, it, you know, the recruiting has been great. Coach Schwartz is great. Um, we got to push really hard with, the, like you said, guys, the season tickets. Um, by the way, speaking of tickets, I want to let our fans know that not only – I got an email from Michigan guys. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but July the 15th, uh, if you're trying to get tickets for Michigan, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to be extremely difficult from our end. Hopefully we can, um, as far as the EC ticket office, but that same day that we uh, put our, the single game tickets on sale, um, they will, that's July the 15th for Michigan tickets. It'll be the same day in Michigan. So you'll have, uh, if you want to go to Michigan, you're probably going to have to get it like secondary market or. Michigan itself is going to so be individual ticket sales for East Carolina go on sale July 15th. That's my, yeah, that's my understanding. I'll look at the email I got uh, from Coleman, Spain again. Um, and that, I mean, that for me, I'm interested yeah. in the app state game, not Michigan, but yeah, July the 15th. Yep. So to let y'all know, I want to let everybody know, I know this is a baseball show, but that's one of the things I've gotten over the last couple of days. So I want to let everybody know here that we're towards the ends of end of this show. I want to make sure everybody knew about that because Michigan, every time I'm, I'm having people on between social media, uh, people that I know, um, I know all of us, a lot of us are talking about going. Bubba, you're going, right, to Michigan? Matt's going? Yeah, certainly intend to, if at all possible. I was discussing that uh, briefly with my, my dad on the return trip uh, this evening, and uh, we both certainly want to go, and uh, we're going to start. Uh, I told him um, just as far as the 3,500 allotment and what a tight ticket. Uh, I think yeah. this will be this will be uh, due to the the novelty of playing at Mission. And I mean, from the standpoint, it's something that's never happened, and who knows when it will happen again. You'll be able to get them off stub hub if you want them bad enough. But yeah. uh, that's so, something to. Uh, I use sixty five dollars, by the way, guys. That's a not yeah, but but we I just mentioned the, you know the possibility of um, you know do we want to try to road trip it do we want to do we want to fly you know all the logistical things that would go into making that trip and uh, saying hey you know maybe uh, maybe it's a situation where you know we we leave after leave after uh, work on, you know, afternoon, mid afternoon on a Thursday. And I, I mentioned, mentioned the possibility of watching um, the fighting Chris Creighton's from Eastern Michigan on Friday night before watching the pirates and Wolverines on, on Saturday. Uh, uh, give me, give me a moment. I'll look that up. Yeah. Eastern Michigan, good football program. Me, me love, y'all carry on. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he was saying Eastern Michigan, good football program, Chris Creighton, head coach. And of course, Scott Weatherby, athletic director. Uh, Weatherby invited us, so there, there you go, Kyle. You could go with us. Uh, I have no interest in going and watching us get our ass kicked by Michigan. I've how, do you, how do you know that? Well, Dave, they're going to be a a, a a playoff contender. Uh, could be, you know, will be top five. Could be number one. My guess will be around three or four. Uh, Vegas will probably have the line at about twenty eight points. So, um, and, you know, I, I'm we're we're going to be starting a brand new quarterback. 
Um, you know, our starting running backs gone. I would imagine 90% of the points we scored last year um, on, on our offense are gone, um, at least. Um, so, uh, I, if we beat Michigan, um, I'll, I'll eat a chocolate hat. I, I'll, eat, I'll eat my hat, and I do not own a chocolate hat. <laughs> well, the whole experience is going to be great. And just in case they do pull up the up, upset, um, we'll be there. In fact, um, I'm going to take my kids there. And then my kid, what is the name of that song? Help me out, Kyle. I think it's from social media. but it's I don't give a damn song. about the whole state of Michigan? No. Oh. Uh, it's about Ohio. Maybe somebody can help me out. You but. know, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, my, but, my, my my friend's little boy oh my was singing something swag in Ohio. Yeah. I was like, why are you singing about Ohio? Yeah, it's a song, right? And so the kids are talking about, they're begging me to go this summer to Ohio, and I had no clue what they were talking about. And then they played the Boy, song. that'll be disappointing. Just don't, don't take them to Cedar Point or anywhere. Just, like, take them to, to – no, or take them to, like, Akron. And just, just like, here you go, kids. It's Ohio. <laughs> but I told him that on the way back, what my plan is on Sunday night is to stay in Ohio. Um, then they'll be able to see her somewhere like that on the way back. So they can. <laughs> They're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Chillicothe, Ohio? I have twice. Uh, I've been Chill. Oh, you know what? I, I have not. Um, I, but uh, Tyler Childers sings about that in one of his songs. Yeah, Ohio, West Virginia line yeah. is close to West Virginia, so I uh, I'm not. I you know I'd be more interested in going there than I than I would like Columbus or somewhere though. I don't like Columbus. them mountain areas. But I've, I've the only place I've been in Ohio is Cincinnati. I've never been anywhere else. Like in Cleveland, the state. Cleveland, Columbus, and Chillicothe. I I got Cincinnati. I got Cincinnati, and that's it. There you go. And whatever the hell towns you happen to go through. Getting that's mostly Kentucky though. Before you get into Cincinnati, that's right. That's right. Hey, Bubba, what's up? You back? I am, and um, in the the Eastern Michigan Eagles, they play FCS foe Howard. Oh um, man! So, there you go. Can't miss that one. Well, it's not a ma- yeah. Obviously, we'd prefer to see them play someone else, but hey, the opportunity to see uh, we'll see a college football yeah. game. And uh, no, I t- would, yeah, I would look. Hey, if I was going to make the trip, I'd be totally down to go to that. I, I love Chris Creighton and um, love that's, uh, that's why we thought you go on the trip is the Friday night. You get to hang out with all the, the rest of the, the crew with Bubba, myself, and Matt's. Going yeah, I'm not. I'm, I look, I'll love, love to see uh, see you guys the following week at the Marshall game. And um, all right, if, I, if I'm gonna do a road trip this year, it'll be it'll be to App State. Uh, I um, I, that is way more appealing to me than going to Michigan and to watch us lose. We um, have FAU and Boca, and we also have the Navy game, another two appealing games. It'd be interesting to see how many Pirates make that trip to San Antonio. That's that's one I would like to uh, – I would <laughs> like many? to find – Well – That's a long damn trip. Yeah, it is, but uh, I just think that that's one that you may, you may be surprised just because of that's somewhere that we haven't played and just that, that – destination of san antonio the with all the with the river, the river walk, walk and, and, yeah, yes yeah. Uh, i mean i'm not saying that we're gonna you know take a ton of people i just think compared to most trips that length that that could be something isn't uh, that the weekend is no when is that 
That that's what I'm yeah, thinking. It's the weekend. final weekend of October. It's like okay. it's like October twenty eighth or something. Okay, I was thinking it was in November. All right, so but like, um, you know, kind kind of shifting gears. Um, you know, one of our viewers was talking about HV three having an excellent weekend. Obviously, had a pretty good showing. I don't recall exactly. Basically, top twenty five, top thirty. I want to say at the Masters. You know, a few weeks back. And so um, today, out in LIV Golf, uh, Tulsa, I believe it's the Cedar Ridge Country Club, something of that nature. But, you know, HV3 uh, finished fourth. Uh, Harold finished fourth, um, shot a 61 today. Uh, you know, if, if you're still tuned in, uh, let us know. Is that a Was that a par 70 course? But uh, nonetheless, you know, whether you're – whether you're nine under par or 10 or 11 under par, the 61's the 61 and uh, yeah, heck of a weekend for Harold and he won a million dollars. A million dollars. Hey, uh, um, <laughs> that, that's, that's good stuff there. Proud of him and uh, HV3 and what a great pirate. Maybe we can um, be interesting to see. He's one of those guys that is a huge pirate. I'm just curious and not to start a whole discussion on this, but it'd be interesting to see how much money he gives to the pirate club. I'm just saying. Uh, he seems like he's very involved. Um, so I would imagine it's a significant amount. Um, but I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we'll, we'll have Ryan on and ask him. I'm not. Yeah. And I, and let me be very clear on that. I'm not anti HV three. I would just like to say. Yeah, I, and I will ask Ryan, not exactly like that. I'll ask, uh, I'll ask him um, without giving specific details and numbers, how involved is HV three with the pirate club? All right, that sounds good. All right, guys, do you have anything before we go? I know we uh, it's almost midnight here Eastern um, time. Yeah, I'll just say you know here over the last several days, um, a lot of our content uh, that we released, you know, back 2018, 2019, 2020, um, some historical interviews um, with the likes of David Garrard, um, also Blue Edwards. You know, a lot of our viewers and listeners may have come on board in the last two or three years, so they may not have had the chance to search through some of our archives. But if you go to our YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe, and then you'll see the tab for shorts. Um, we have a an awful lot of uh, recent uh, YouTube shorts, and uh, you know, those are getting a, a lot of traffic uh, highlighting some of those interviews. And if you like what you hear, then go back and uh, check out those interviews, you know, be it on, on Spotify and some, some are on YouTube. Uh, if you, if you don't find them on, on YouTube, then also search, um, like I mentioned, um, pretty much any podcast platform and you can find them. Bubba, um, I, I need the CW Anderson interview. I was looking for that the other day and couldn't find yeah. it. I think I sent I sent you the uh, on the audio boom or a Spotify link, but I but I'll you did I'll send it I'll send it again. Okay, appreciate it. By the way, John White says that uh, Cedar Ridge is a par seventy one, Bubba. Thank you, John, uh, former pirate pitcher. Uh, yep. yep, former pirate pitcher from the Coach O years, and I appreciate that. So Harold fired a ten under par sixty one. Uh, congrats to HB three on his lucrative weekend. Yeah, nothing like. How did you do this weekend? Oh, I just I made a meal. Only you know, uh, good stuff for like him. Good and, Saudi Arabian money. 
hey, you know what? If I know you very well, Kyle. If you had a chance to make that kind of money, you wouldn't take it? Oh, sure. Sure, as long as I didn't have to go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll take it from the Saudis, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't blame him a bit. One bet, take it, take the money. Yeah, no, I would. I, I would. I, I, you know, I, I'm not. I mean, if I come into some, look, you know, if, if I'm suddenly in some situation where if anybody wants to give me a million dollars, uh, pretty much game. Um, so hey, uh, no, I don't. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for taking the money. I mean, I, I you know, I make those comments, but yeah, I don't really blame him. No, not at all. Particularly, yeah. if he's giving some no. of it back to DCU. Yeah, no doubt, John. Uh, we appreciate you and you know several others tuning in right now uh, at such a late hour. Um, re- really appreciate that and uh, appreciate you chiming in as always. No doubt. In fact, all of our great listeners and viewers appreciate them very much. And good luck to the Pirates guys on Tuesday night. That's going to be a hard ticket to get as the Pirates take on the Fighting Camels there. Uh, from Campbell, that's going to be a great game. And then, of course, the hopefully there's a lot of Pirate fans down in the Tampa way that can – what about uh, Owen, your good buddy, Kyle, in Tampa? Uh, game. Yeah, Owen can uh, – can, uh, he can uh, <laughs> he can go um, <laughs> take a long walk off a short pier. How about that? Oh, well, okay. I'll be PC. I'll be – I, I could I couldn't resist Kyle, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, Owen, yeah, I don't know what you know, that that, that uh that, that cocksucker, I you know, I don't know never had a problem with him. I thought he was a good caller for the most part. And yeah, all of a sudden you start taking shots at me and uh you know, it was a couple of years ago now, but uh Owen, uh, you know, if you wanna well, make amends if you wanna make amends, uh, you know, you can always apologize to me. Um, give him a million. Give Kyle a million. Kyle, you give me a million, and you can call me whatever you want to call me. I don't care. <laughs> Flap shit out of me if you want to. So there's a there's a show about that right now, right? I, actually think, I think it's already done. I, I think that show's already that that the the Dana White project there uh, was slapping people. I think that's already finished, isn't it? We were hanging out, and you told me about that in January. Yeah, wow. yeah, and, and, yeah. It didn't last long. Um, it was. I, I didn't like it as a TV show. I wa- I like watching the clips on TikTok, um, but as a as a sit down to watch it for thirty minutes for an hour TV show, it, it was too much. All right, before Bubba slaps me, uh, let's go to the college baseball scoreboard. Just a a few series uh, results of interest: the Clemson Tigers, obviously with Eric Backich and Nick Schnabel, uh, they've been um, as hot as anyone in college baseball. Clemson has won eight straight. Swept Virginia Tech this weekend. They have now won 13 of the last 14, and they will close um, their season um, b- beginning this week uh, with an RPI of eight. Uh, that's right. Wow. Clemson Clemson's now eighth in the RPI. Hard to believe um, their uh, unbelievable rise over the last. I'm calling uh, it now. Pirates, the- Pirates at Clemson Super Regionals. <laughs> calling it now. Yeah, I guarantee. I guarantee. Um, you know, obviously, um, Cliff Cliff won't argue with it too much as long as the Pirates are in a super regional. But uh, I, I can assure you um, that neither of those head coaches want that to happen, um, That's if fair. at all possible. Um, but uh, you know, USC Upstate and the North Carolina Tar Heels will travel to uh, Doug Kingsmore Stadium there. Uh, in Clemson this week, and so we'll see how they close out the regular season. But they are red hot. Uh, you also you had Tennessee taking two out of three from Kentucky and Knoxville. Uh, Kentucky did 
prevent the sweep with a 10 to nothing win today over the Vols. And in doing so, you know, allow the Pirates to uh, move back ahead of Tennessee in the RPI. UConn, um, it's looking like they're going to provide a host for the Northeast. We know what Coach Penders has done there. And um, it's looking uh, very good for the Huskies to host as they are 10th in the RPI, last I checked, and uh, won a series against Butler this weekend, although it was very competitive. And then what if, what if UConn were to get up in the top eight in the RPI and we would get paired for them with them for the Supers and we had to go play the Supers at UConn? That would, uh, that would be there we go. Matt would be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be quite there we go. Matt, Matt Semenza hosting, hosting uh, a Pirate be, Club event. Yeah, exactly. Hosting and I think he, he, he said, uh, I think I want to say he's – 20, for, 20 or 25 from Hartford and about 45 from Stores, where the campus is. And I believe they've they built a new ballpark that's, uh, I believe, been open. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we would be no more than 30 to 45 minutes away uh, should we make that trip. But let's hope that doesn't happen. But um, – And then the last series I was going to br- bring up was West Virginia. Uh, Randy Mazie's Mountaineers, um, I believe – they are winning the Big 12, and they took two out of three from Texas Tech in Morgantown this weekend. So, West Virginia, um, they're having a heck of a year. I, I will, I will disagree with you, Bubba. I hope that does happen. I mean, I don't. I think the odds of us getting a national seed and hosting a super is very slim. So, uh, oh yeah, no, no there, there certainly could be much worse uh, matchups. I, I, I just meant from the standpoint that uh, I would like to, to finally. I mean, obviously, the best case scenario is to do what we did last year, and where where we control our own destiny. But then, um, you know, we've always been paired up with someone where um, there's not been an upset. So maybe this would be the year where, if we're not in the top eight, which is likely going to be the case, of course. So um, maybe we have somebody get an upset right. on the other side of the bracket, and you have you have oh, us. Sure. That'd uh, be great. <laughs> You have us hosting a two or three seed in Greenville. Oh, that would be fantastic. Obviously, yes. That would. Be yeah, that, that's all I was saying. But yeah, if we're going to have to go play a super regional somewhere else, that would be great because uh, clearly we, uh, not only for matchup purposes, but for the the Matt Semenza factor. And, and we're very familiar with them. They they know they they're yes. familiar with us. But yes. We're familiar with them, and we typically played pretty well against them. So yes, we have no doubt. That will be, hey, I'm looking forward. This is uh, from where we were a couple weeks ago to now, as we always talk about, and Coach Godwin talked about with uh, Igo on uh, the Hoist of Colors show on 94.3 The Game that first week. A couple, He's talked about, hey, we played our best baseball in May and, and uh, seven in a row. I mean, you can't argue with the guy. And he, I think he knows baseball a little bit, right? Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, I could, I, it this, whole, this whole season – I've gotten the feeling with this team at the time at some times that we're just waiting for something. It's like we're just waiting for the postseason to get here. And yeah. Final question of the night, John White, again, former pirate right handed pitcher saying the Campbell game. Uh is that for hosting anyway? Um a conversation for another day. You know, we'll, we'll address that very quickly. Did touch on it earlier. Um just saying I don't necessarily think it's 
you know, cut and dried, but obviously a win over them, especially since you have two one losses, one run losses to the Campbells thus far, uh, that would be a great uh, addition to the resume. But um, I, I do think, you know, if if we were to lose that game, but uh, win all three at South Florida and then since we uh, take care of business in the tournament, I do think you could still host. But uh, and then, you know, who, know, who knows what Campbell does on the weekend and then in the, the Big South tournament. So, I mean, they, they could beat us and be three and oh against the Pirates and then kind of stub their toe on the weekend or in the big South tournament. And, you know, I know, I think it was last year, they really had to to battle their way out of the losers bracket in the big South tournament up in high point. So who knows uh, a lot of, or not a lot of baseball to be played, but uh, some very meaningful baseball is going to be played in the, the next week or two. Quickly guys. Do you think like me, uh, the, I'm, I'm looking at right now, a uh, citizen group, text earlier today that it looks like to me that we're going to have for North Carolina. And I'm, and I don't know, I would ask coach O who would know a lot more, but what about the fact that we have uh, with all the teams in North Carolina, South Carolina, I think we're going to have three regional teams from sites rather in North Carolina. Wake is obviously number one. Uh, Duke's been red hot. And then it's going to come down to Campbell or East Carolina. And uh, that's why this Tuesday game, it's huge. I really believe. Man, I will they put will they put six host sites in the Carolinas? Because there's a chance that Clemson, Coastal, and South Carolina could all. Yeah, it. yeah. Good God. I mean, those are those. All three of those are worthy. You know what I mean? Like in South Carolina. Yeah, I, I well, agree. That, but good. That's uh, something. Um, Aaron Fit of D1 Baseball. You know, released a short over the last several days talking about just that, how good baseball ha- has been. I mean, he said it's good every year in this region, uh, in the Carolinas and Virginia. He said, but it's even better this year. Um, just the depth and um, the possibility, as you just mentioned, of having five, six hosts. Obviously, um, Virginia is looking in great shape to host as well. So you, you could have at least five, maybe six or seven regionals uh, right here in a a three-state area. I'm going to say we better win the conference tournament and the conference uh, regular season. I'm just going to say that. Well, uh, we're going to have to win the three and pray to God that, like you said, Cincy is going to be our best friend this weekend. They've got to at least win one game. If they can win the one game and we sweep, we win the regular season. Only a half game out. That's what's so sad. Half a game. Unbelievable. Johnny Robertson said, I'm planning on being at Clark Clair Stadium on June the 2nd. Amen, JR. We're going to, we'll be there. Uh, <laughs> we'll be there. I feel very confident about it. We'll see how it all plays out. Guys, do you have anything before we go? Not a thing. Big week coming up for the Pirates in baseball. It's going to be big the rest of the way, every game. No doubt. I'm going to enjoy every single pitch. In fact, yep. uh, <clears throat> and uh, Bubba, I know uh, we're big on. Uh, YouTube right now, a lot of subscribers. So go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Last month has been uh, some record setting numbers on YouTube as far as subscribers and views. So I um, appreciate everyone there. Um, you know, more and more folks uh, liking and commenting. And uh, we, we appreciate the interaction and, uh, and uh, appreciate you subscribing on YouTube. Also, be sure to, to like and follow on Facebook. 
simply searching the sports objective on Twitter. We can be found at the sports OBJ and on Instagram and TikTok, uh, we can be found at the sports objective. Uh, so, you know, on TikTok, that's a platform um, in the past. We haven't been as active on, but that has changed. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, short video clips, um, be it of our past interviews or uh, jungle jumping, et cetera, have been posted there. And uh, I, I know we had one short um, clip of Jeff Connors' interview with Chase Rice where he was talking about uh, his his friendship with Morgan Wallen, who obviously is so popular. Um, that received guys um, just shy of 18,000 views. So, um uh, I appreciate everyone there. Um, and then there was another uh, clip of that Chase Rice interview on Absolute Empowerment with Jeff Connors, which you can hear every Monday night at 7 p.m. Um, Coach Connors is uh, on a vacation playing some golf down in Florida and then also, I believe, traveling out west. So uh, there will be no episodes uh, tomorrow night and then potentially the next couple Monday nights. But um, – or the majority of the year, you can hear Absolute Empowerment with Jeff Connors. No doubt. There's a lot of great content that he does uh, that he already has out this archive. So um, you can check that out while he's gone and uh, catch up. As they say, you can binge listen or binge watch uh, for sure. And, uh, and appreciate it. go ahead, Bubba. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't realize you lost my audio there for, for a moment. But um, yeah, if you have any suggestions um you know questions comments or you know topics or potential guests um anything of that nature you can re always reach out to us at thesportsobj at gmail.com again thesportsobj at gmail.com all right so appreciate you guys very much thanks bubba for producing behind the scenes as always uh, kyle thank you man and hopefully we have uh for the extra innings next week we can talk about four no but we'll see how it all plays out and I appreciate everybody listening and watching. It's been a um, great show and a great participation, especially considering uh, when this is airing live. Appreciate it very much. We'll get out of here. Thank you so much. Thanks to uh, PGX Gloves, too. PGXGloves.com. We appreciate them. We'll get out of here. I'm Dave Richmond. You've been watching and listening to Extra Innings right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. Hey, Pirate Nation. This is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the sports objective as you follow our diamond bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the sports objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!